The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talk Star Radio Network and our fine and growing family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 24 Asian countries, and across Europe. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is one 877 That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com, on MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com, and our two websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. The X-Zone truly is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And today is Thursday, November the 5th in the year 2009, and on this date in history in 1605, the plot by Guy Fawkes to blow up the English Parliament failed. In 1875, Susan B. Anthony was fined $100 for trying to vote in a presidential election. Legendary cowboy star Roy Rogers was born way, way back in 1911. He appeared in more than 100 films, starring in 87 of them. He also starred in his own NBC series for six years from 1951 to 1957 with his wife, Dale Evans. And here are some Roy Roger facts and trivia from TVCrazy.net. He was the only man voted into the Country Music Hall of Fame twice. He was elected to the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1980 as a member of the original Sons of the Pioneers and in 1988 as an individual artist. The first movie Roy appeared in was Way Up There in 1935. Through the 40s and 50s, Roy Rogers was the number one Western star for, at the box offices for 12 straight years. At one time, Roy Rogers was second only to Walt Disney in his souvenir sales and licensing. It was, it was while making the 1944 film Cowboy and the Senorita that 
Roy first met Dale Evans. They would be married three years later, 14 months after the death of Roy's first wife, Arlene. And let me see, Roy wasn't allowed to kiss Dale Evans in the movies. His horse Traeger appeared in all films and TV shows that Roy Rogers starred in. In 1965, when Trigger died at the age of 33, Roy had him stuffed and put in Roy and Dale's museum. And finally, Roy died at the age of 86 in 1998, and Dale recently passed away at the age of 88. Roy and Dale appeared in 35 movies together, plus their TV show, and were together for 51 years. God bless them. Tatum O'Neill turns 46 today. She took the long way up. Singer Brian Adams hits the big 5-0 today. Basketball Hall of Famer, uh, let me see, Bill Walton turns uh, 57. Peter Noon of Herman's Hermits turns 62. And Dark Garfunkel of Simon and Garfunkel is 68 years old today. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, a very happy birthday to you. From everyone here at the Exxon Radio Show, Exxon TV Show, Paragators, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the X Chronicles newspaper, and of course, the Talkstar Radio Network and our family of broadcast affiliates. On tonight's show, we're going to be speaking to Craig Webb about dreams. Doyle Flowers will be talking to us about the end times. And J.J. Hurtak and his wife Desiree will be joining me to discuss what they found was happening down in the South Pole. And if you don't think global warming is real, stay tuned. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And uh, I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break with Craig Webb discussing dreams here on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to send an email, exonetalkstarradio.com, and you can always give us a call here at the Exxon Studios, 1-800-610-7035. That's 1-800-610-7035. I'll be back in two minutes as we commence for tonight, Thursday, November the 5th, 2009, right here on Talkstar. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hi, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone radio show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you live from our studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. If you'd like to give us a call, one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Email exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. My guest this hour is Craig Webb, and we're talking about dreams. And if you'd like to find out more about Craig and the great work that the Craig and his uh, research uh, people do, visit their website at www.dreams.ca. That's www.dreams.ca. Craig, bad dreams, recurring dreams, nightmares, what are they all about? Why do people dream they're being chased and they're falling and do all the actions in a dream have a psychological explanation or is it just one of the great mysteries of life we haven't been able to decode yet hmm. a good one you picked some pretty common worldwide themes there the chase dreams and falling dreams uh, about 81.5 percent of people have had chase dreams one study shows but uh, in my also, uh, sort of general research when I do mm-hmm. talks and sort of ask for a raising of hands. Usually about four out of five people. So it seems to even prove true across culture that there's these archetypal themes. Uh, and I don't always support the dictionary A equals B approach, but uh, there are some pretty common psychological equivalents to the archetypal or the universal themes like chases, following. Uh, people can check out the website again. You mentioned dreams.ca, but there, there's an article on there called Nightmares. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, why lucky would you. why would somebody who's having a nightmare be classified as lucky? Yeah, precisely. Sort of to catch people's attention. But lucky in the way that, let's say, if in, you're driving along in your car, the oil light goes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're lucky to have the warning. You're lucky to see the signal that there's something wrong with the engine. And it might cost $50 for an oil change or for a checkup, rather than if the light never came on, you know, 200 miles down the road, uh, $500 for a whole new engine, or or even worse, maybe an accident. Let's hope not. But the oil light is kind of like the nightmares or the unpleasant dreams or the recurring dreams coming to us from the subconscious, and, you know, something's out of balance. Mm -hmm. Something from the past hasn't been integrated, or we have a recurring lesson, or sometimes even warning dreams, sort of premonitions of, there's a big choice coming up soon, and if you, you know, continue on your current course of action, there's going to be a really upsetting ending. Wake up with a nightmare, something like that. So how much faith should like how much faith should we actually put into our nightmares, into our dreams, or should we just look at them as our mind's way of entertaining us when we've got nothing better to do than sleep? Well, it depends a little on the feeling of the dream. Mm-hmm. If it's a pleasant dream, that could be just a nightly movie, kind of. In, bringing us a little break from some of our challenges in daily life. But I would strongly encourage anyone who has a nightmare, and especially recurring dreams, you know, just like a course in school, if we didn't pass it, it's coming again, we have to take it over. That's kind of what recurring dreams are. And uh, it's really important to look at it. Or otherwise, these themes that, you know, they're just playing out in our dreams for a while, nightmares or recurring dreams end up having to become louder so we really get the message. And they show up as, you know, broken uh, relationships or a job that we keep losing because of certain dynamics with the boss. Or sometimes they show up as health problems. In fact, one job that's 
maybe interesting re recently is uh, cancer has been linked with certain types of demonic and other specific dream themes a few years before. So if it's not integrated or sort of looked at, or if we don't... But what's the ratio? Habits, you know, what, what, are the, what are the statistics? Do the statistics actually uh, validate this claim, or is this just a pseudoscience way of looking at the possibilities of... Uh, no, well, I can validate it anecdotally with many customers and clients, but the, the actual numbers are still being nailed out in a study mm -hmm. done by, I believe, Wendy Penye and Tallulah Lyons, where they have a number of subjects who are working with cancer patients and tracking all the dreams that they have and comparing it to a sample of people who haven't had cancer. So the challenge is that it's not always the same theme, but one predominant theme seems to be demonic or very upsetting dreams with like a devil or very strong kind of negative energy of a demon or something like that. So how do we explain how do we how do we explain demonic dreams? What is the catalyst for someone having a demonic dream or does this work into their into their childhood psyche where they were actually told and they've been lear they've learned that uh, a demonic experience or a demonic presence in a dream means a b c d and d or is it just something we really don't know what what it's what it's significant or what it's tied to well it's definitely true we don't know everything about them our dreams otherwise we'd probably all be masters mm -hmm. uh, it could even be something as simple as they saw some bad horror movies and they didn't really integrate the feelings they had through those but uh, there is one interesting connection. So I think it's a bit of fuzzy logic, but there's some trends, and it's worth pointing out. Even the word evil, you know, as we spell it out in English, if you turn the letters around and spell it backwards, it spells the word live. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a nice little truth there. It kind of shows that in most cases, it's some type of perception, or it's our way of using emotional energy uh, inefficiently or judging other people when we might be looking at our own stuff. So we project out, you know, demonic or upsetting or annoying or frustrating on another person, and we end up with sort of demon dreams where we could just be uh, integrating our own emotions better and probably not get cancer in a few years. Or I want to say it with a lot of empathy because it's not obvious, but something to look at anyway. Tell me, Craig, uh, with all the different dream books that are available in bookstores everywhere as well as on the Internet, how would one yeah. know... Which book to pick if they want to interpret their own dreams? Well, as I mentioned, I don't usually encourage the dream dictionary mm -hmm. style too strongly. Uh, some are better than others. If they go for the universal themes or some universal symbols, that can be helpful. I would encourage folks to always follow their own best wisdom as much as possible. You know, Take input from whatever sources they're inspired by, but to keep their judgment. I think it was a, a Sufi maxim that says, only a fool takes the words of another over his own experience. So a lot of people who a lot of people who we've talked to over the years always talk about the dream that they have where they're standing in front of a large mass of people naked. Uh, Why is this dream a common dream? Like, I don't think there's one person listening tonight who has not had that dream. That's usually about uh, a little under half towards a third of people have had that one. So I've had that one. You ever had that one, Rob? I sure have. Yeah. And the interesting element of that dream, which most people don't know, usually until I point it out as rather naked at work or, or sometimes scantily clothed or just mm -hmm. in their underwear, 
uh, is that the other people in the dream don't seem to mind, or sometimes they don't even notice that we're naked, but we're really self-conscious, right? Have you noticed that? Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, sort of points to the lesson or the insight that the dream is offering, if we get the message. That is, we're really self-conscious. We're feeling exposed, kind of naked, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. In some situations, the setting of the dream usually says where, at our work, or maybe at school, or maybe in our relationship. But we're feeling exposed and publicly kind of embarrassed when we don't need to because the other people not noticing says, hey, you know what, it's only us viewing ourselves that way. Actually, why don't we just feel natural and feel good about it? That's what the dream's coming to say. You know, another dream that... uh many people discuss, uh, Craig, is a dream that they fly in their sleep. And uh, we have to take a, another uh, break here, Craig. But when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about dreams in which people fly. And I, for one, can actually have a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream and know full well that these are just dreams I'm having. And when that happens, boy, do I ever have a lot of fun. Craig, stand by. Craig Webb is our special guest. He is a professional dream analyst. His website is www.dreams.ca, www.dreams.ca. If you'd like to give us a call, one 877 Now, that is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. You can always call the X-Zone Radio and TV show head office in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the 1-800 number is 1-800-610-7035. Our website, www.exoneradio.com. And you can always send an email, exone at talkstarradio.com. Exone Nation, Craig Webb and I will return discussing one of the most fascinating topics. Dreams. Everybody dreams. Let's try and find out what more we can add to the little knowledge that we have about dreams with Craig Webb on the other side of this commercial break right here on Talkstar. After all, this is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Don't go away. We're going to start talking about dreamings and strange, wonderful dreams that people have and maybe try and find out what they mean. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this break. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenza, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. <laughs> 
Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from Astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Hey now, hey now. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. Craig Webb is our special guest. We're talking about dreams, www.dreams.ca. That's www.dreams.ca. Craig, what is the earliest um, reference that has been made in history pertaining to the investigation and analysis of dreams? That's a good one. Well, uh, the Asclepian Dream Hearing Temples uh, not described too much in Western literature unless you look for it. But uh, they would start, I think, somewhere around 1600 uh, before Christ. And uh, people would come, usually from all around the Mediterranean, Mediterranean, not just Greece, from even North Africa, different countries, and take dreams very seriously. They'd walk on long pilgrimages mm-hmm. or, I guess, big donkey rides, etc. to the temples where they'd have huge healing dreams. Some of the things were written down in other languages. Uh, in the Egyptian hieroglyphics, seems to be quite a bit of references to different practices, including dreaming. Uh, a lot of the religious texts, the Bible, the Koran, uh, Kabbalah, seem to all have connections with dreams. So I think most of the world traditions, let's face it, it's kind of a universal experience that has going, been going on well before writing and well before media ever came around. Craig, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, some of the different facets that people have in dreams. For example, being chased or attacked, falling, unable to move, run, or scream, being naked in yeah. public. And and what is the significance of flying in a dream? Is that, uh, is that a normal dream that people have? Is that an out-of-body experience? Is it connected with another part of the... Uh, of the of the paranormal, why do people fly in their dreams, and what's the significance? And you mentioned that you've had that type of dream. Yes, I, yeah, I, I have those quite often. Well, and I think the significance. Well, this might seem like a strange question, but this seems to be my best answer. And that is, do you remember how you feel in your flying dreams? Yes, I do. I feel as if I'm totally free. There's nothing that I cannot do. Like exhilarated perspective, like a bird, really, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that is the most common experience for flying dreams. There's a small percentage where people are kind of running into telephone wires or not able to quite fly as fast or as high as far as they'd like to. But most people feel that great, rich sense of total freedom. So we might take it symbolically as freedom from gravity, you know, even the wordplay of not feeling so much in the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the deepest archetype for one of the deepest in our psyche to show, hey, you know what? We can be free of limits. We don't have to stay on Earth. We don't have to be stuck 
and the friction of our feet on the soil. You'd be interested to know, Rob, that actually one of the precursors to flying greens for many people is skating, sledding, uh, things like that, where the friction stops, but they're still on the earth, and then they have a full-blown flying green. Interesting, huh? Very much so, Craig. And, and that, that brings up a good question. How did you become interested in dreams and consciousness uh, exploration? Uh, well, I had so many powerful experiences, like you talked about the flying dreams, mm-hmm. that sort of connect with freedom. And I had lots of nightmares, but it's actually the, the real thing I think that got my whole path going was I had a powerful near-drowning experience. I got stuck under a whitewater raft without much air, and well, I had an experience of either dying or facing death right there. And then pretty much all of a sudden after that today, which I survived, fortunately, I started remembering up to 10 dreams a day, well after lunch. You know how, how they disappear kind of by the time you've had breakfast or mm-hmm. maybe a shower or something? Yeah. He's just going to lunch following days. And fortunately, with my science training, I guess, I was noting and collecting the data and realized, wow, there's some principles, there's some stuff going on here. I started having conscious dreams, lucid dreams, the ones like you talked about when you had your nested dreams, and all kinds of strange experiences that... I realized they're outside of my belief system or the, the way I look at the world, but I have to include it because it is my true experience. So ended up making a long story short, research at Stanford and then creating the Dreams Foundation. And that's what a lot of the info uh, comes from, uh, the space and website at dreams.ca. Tell us about the Dreams Foundation. Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned, it's kind of the culmination of kind of bridging the objective science I'd been trained on and with him and then the first person experience what I now call subjective science mm-hmm. that I was having with all these interesting dreams after my near drowning and uh, I wanted to get out to, to people just like we're doing here on the show I wanted to bring out some of the insights that I was getting on this journey of hey wow this is out, off the beaten track but you know what it could be useful practical I was getting lots of insights about my health about relationships mm-hmm. and started doing more research and found out lots of other people were too Dreams Foundation grew out of that to bring to the public uh, all the tools and different techniques, and mainly non-pharmaceutical approaches to help people get healthier or even reach peak performance, answer questions, and improve their creativity, heal, uh, let go of unfinished business with loved ones, what have you. What can you tell us, Craig, uh, about precognitive dreams, and how are we able in a dream to predict what's going to happen when the event hasn't happened yet? Yeah, that's an interesting one, especially for the X zone here. Well, probably a good percentage. My bet is at least three-quarters of the listeners have had some experience of dreaming something that later came true. Uh, Because actually, just in the general public, two out of three people, believe it or not, two out of three people will say Mm -hmm. that they've dreamt something that came true. So how does it happen? Well, that's quite a question. I don't think we have all the answers, but... One thing I like to equate and remind people is don't forget dreams are coming to us from some type of perception outside of the physical senses. You know, our eyes are closed when we're sleeping and mm-hmm. usually we're not moving so our skin's, our hearing's low as our, as our smell and taste. So the information that's coming in is beyond the physical senses and really it's only the physical senses that are stuck within time and uh, maybe not even if we start exploring other consciousness states. But if we're getting info from outside physical senses, it might not be too much of a leap to realize we're actually getting info that can be free from time and space, as Einstein showed with some of his free events principles. Well, but the experience is true for lots of people. Do you remember any premonitions you've had? 
yeah, there there was one years ago, and I, I was I was dreaming I was in a city where there was uh, a lot of um, train tracks, train tracks, train tracks, and there was also uh, like a cattle distribution center where the where train certain trains would bring in cattle, other trains would then leave with cattle, and, and I remember I I couldn't find my children. And it, this was quite an unsettling for me because I need to know where my kids are at all times. And, and, and I woke up crying. And that was the very day that the Oklahoma City bombing happened. Oklahoma oh. does have massive rail yards. It is a cattle distribution center. And as we know, a number of children lost their lives in that explosion. That was the very day. Wow. Well, uh... A little empathy for you because, you know, first person you tuned into, I guess, some of the emotional distraught, the terrible event, but you Mm -hmm. tuned in first person, I guess, because it was your children, right? Yeah, you know, and and since that time, I have not had a precognitive dream. Oh, well, we might be onto something here, and I hope I'm not overanalyzing you, but I'll offer it because a lot of people run into sort of limitations. First off, some people are skeptic and they don't believe mm-hmm. it's possible, so we'll let people believe whatever they like. That's their prerogative, but I can just tell you, two out of three people. And one out of 12 of these dreams is actually provable pretty scientifically. In other words, it's a rare event that wouldn't have just happened every day, like the Oklahoma. Yes. And also, it's something that people told or wrote about told someone else about before the event happened. In other words, they proved the, the premonition fairly well. So one out of 12 shows that. So that's for disbelievers. And the other thing is it usually gets people really freaked out. Okay, so if it's possible, mm-hmm. it's freaking me out because nobody ever told me about this. <laughs> and then the, the last thing that happens is people get really guilty. Oh, wow, it doesn't freak me out anymore, but I wasn't able to change my brother committing suicide or I wasn't able to to limit this unfortunate event happening and people feel guilty. And I really believe that those dreams don't come to bring any of those repercussions. But, you know, if, if we adjust and look at our beliefs and feelings and realize, wow, we've got a very powerful perception, I think every person's got this mm-hmm. possibility, then when and how do we open up to it? You know, Craig, uh, is it possible? And, you know, I was just thinking about this as you were discussing dreams. Is it possible that... Our dream state is our state of reality, and what we think is reality is actually an unconscious state? Uh, Well, my experience from having done some interesting uh, spiritual practice from different traditions is actually that both, both dreaming and sort of our waking 3D life, are both subsets of what I would call reality. Okay. Uh, So they're both sort of like, to use the radio analogy, stations on the dial. Yep. The great wavelengths that are all possible. However, they're the ones in waking normal life that we're most familiar with. But uh, people have started having lucid dreams or maybe out-of-body experiences, astral projections, mm-hmm. lots of different words. They start having first-person experiences outside of physical reality or off the channel of waking life. And then many people have dream experiences that are very connected with vivid, vivid sometimes more quote-unquote real experiences right. in waking life. And then, and this is the perspective I say what I said from, many times I've had pure consciousness or just pure presence as my total identity with no body or no Craig around at all. And then I might go into a dream or then maybe I'll wake up. But I realize, wow, somewhere 
and I don't know quite how to say I, with, with big quotes around it, I exist beyond any of the other experiences that come into my perceptive realm. So, you know, Craig, when I have my dreams, and if I want to know whether I'm dreaming or if it's actual reality, I look for a newspaper to read oh. a newspaper or to read a sign, because if I see the sign and I can't read it, or if there's a newspaper uh, box where you put in 75 cents yeah. to get the newspaper, if I cannot read the printing on the newspaper, I know it's a dream. That's your way of becoming conscious of the dreamer. That's and right. And then once I... Once I verify that I'm in my dream, that's when my, that's when I start having fun because whatever I want to happen, it happens. Yeah. It manifests right yeah. in front of you. Yeah. A great tip for the listener too, and I think a specific case of what we call a reality check, mm-hmm. some way to verify. Because if it was obvious to know when we're dreaming, then we'd all be conscious and we'd all be lucid every night, all night, right? Well, we have to use a little bit of reality checks. There's an interesting story related to that, Rob. One dreamer that uh, we worked with actually used the same technique, and he said, yeah, but when I read it the first time and then looked away and looked back to see if the letters or the words were the same, he said he saw all the letters had little legs on them, and they were running back into place. (laughs) And he pretty quickly knew it was a dream. So anything that tests stability of the scenario, that's pretty good for doing a reality check. I encourage you to look at your hands, too. That's another one, because... Text might not always be available. So if your hands are wavy, odd, or extra fingers, I I I tried that, and and my my physical appearance did not alter, and I kept on Uh, searching. I'm sorry. You stared for five, ten seconds at your hands. Yes, you know, or 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 there were things within the dream that just did not make sense, and I tried to prove to myself in the dream that if. If it reacted in a what I would consider as a rational mannerism, then it was reality. But if it if it reacted in a, w- a way other than how it should during the waking hours, then it was a dream. But the best best concept that I've ever had is reading something. If I cannot read something, whether you know even if a, a store sign or a for sale sign, whatever, if I cannot read the sign, the printing, then I know it's a dream. And I'm also wondering, Craig. Is it possible that dreaming is is actually a, another another method of consciousness? Yeah, it's definitely a state, usually removed from our waking state. Mm-hmm. What gets really interesting is as we start recalling more dreams, we start bridging between states a little, and then, as you say, once the logic mind starts kicking in off and on during. Uh, our altered state we call dreams, we can start to have what I like to call united states. We start to have, like, bridging our waking mind joins us in the dreams. Right, yeah. Or our memory. Like, uh, when, you, when you become conscious, let's say you do your newspaper check, do you sometimes have experiments planned, things you wanted to try out in dreamland? Yes, I do. And that's when I start them, because I feel confident, I feel safe, yeah. I feel secure, and I know that I am in control of this dream, and I can come back and wake up in my little bed anytime I want. Yeah, worst case scenario, you wake up, right? Worst case scenario, I wake up in somebody else's bed. Craig, you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Craig Webb is our special guest, Exo Nation. It's always great having Craig with us. He is based in Montreal. And uh, his website is www.dreams.ca. That's www.dreams.ca. And Craig and I will be back for the final segment of this hour on the other side of this commercial break as we continue 
alive and awake, right here on Talkstar. Craig Webb is my special guest, Exonation. Craig is with the Dream Foundation in Montreal. Their website is www.dreams.ca. That's www.dreams.ca. And Craig will be joining us on a monthly basis so that we can, you know, get into a deeper investigative side of dreams. And uh, I'd love to hear from you, the Exonation. Send me an email. Tell me about the dreams that you've had, and we'll forward them to Craig. And Who knows? We may be able to solve one little mystery after all. I believe that we're all born with the mystery of life, Craig, and that we each have that little piece of the jigsaw puzzle. And if we could just get everybody to that massive jigsaw puzzle table, turn over the pieces and work together. Excuse me. I really believe that we can solve a a lot of the mysteries that we have here in life. However, experience has shown that for every one mystery you solve... Ten more come up. Craig, how can people contact you, and and how can you help people who are having dream problems, so to speak? Yeah, maybe recurring dreams, or who want to become more lucid, maybe not problems. Mm-hmm. Thanks for asking, because we don't always have time on air to, to get to everybody's dream, but send in some emails. You can visit the Dreams Foundation at www.dreams.ca. Lots of great free articles, and Send your questions there or join our survey. We have an online dream survey right now on the homepage. And really one way to follow up and start working with dreams after reading the articles would be uh, the teleclass that we offer. So actually people around the world can sit in the comfort of their own home and join live once a week and sort of speak with a group of dreamers and become more lucid, face fears, and move through nightmares. I like that quote you said, though, Ron. Uh, you, Carl Jung agrees with you. Know what he said? He said, uh, somebody asked him, hey, Dr. Young, do you think we're going to make it because we have wars, political famine, unrest, uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of trouble, poverty? And he said, well, I can't tell you if we're going to make it, but I could tell you exactly how we'll make it to the extent to sort of a reach world peace, the exact extent to which each individual integrates their own personal shadow and faces their own fears and moves through their own addictions and things. And no more, no less. It's a simple math. I think we start with our own nightmares and our own challenges, and we're contributing to that big world peace that we're aiming for. Craig, is it true, now we're coming to the end of the interview very fast, is it true, Craig, that a person cannot dream of something that they have actually not experienced or they have not seen? Uh, well, I've had lots of dreams myself and work with lots of people who dreamt with events that they never physically experienced. Probably mm-hmm. you've had that too, right? Yeah, I have. That. And uh, where I'm going with this is, is that if that is true, would dreams then support the existence of past lives and reincarnation? Oh, yeah. Well, 
it's a topic that I may or may not mention in some scientific circles, but I can tell you lots of people are having experiences. Some are verifiable. Have you seen that movie, Yesterday's Children? I know I haven't, but, you know, this is one wow. of the... Mark that one down. All right, this is one of the reasons why you and I will have so many interesting chats here in the Exxon, Craig, because we're both thinkers and we both like to to look at life as if the bottle of life is half full, never half empty. Craig Webb, thank you very much for joining us tonight. www.dreams.ca. Craig will be with us next month, and he's also going to be sending us some articles for us to place in the X Chronicles newspaper. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the X on a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. The show is then repeated in its entirety from 2 until 6. Craig Webb's website again is www.dreams.ca. My name is Rob McConnell, and yes, this is the Exxon, and you're listening to us around the world on Talkstar.